0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 through 23, called The Kingdom of Heaven is at Hand.
1: James 5.8 says, you too, be patient. Strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand, James 5.8. And then finally, 1 Peter 4.7, if you're taking notes, the end of all things is at hand, same Greek word. Therefore, be of sound judgment, sober in spirit for the purpose of prayer. So the disciples are to go out. They're to go door to door. I remember uh, some years back, Paul Hicks, for those of you who know Paul, we officially call him the woo He likes to say, "woohoo." Anyway, so we went behind the church, the old location, and we were going door to door. And there was a house like right behind the back wall of the church, the parking lot. And we come to this door. It's the first door we're going to. And we're going to do door to door. And we prayed and we got ourselves uh, prepared and ring the bell. And Paul's kind of taking the lead. And the guy opens the door. He goes, hi, uh, uh, I'm Paul Hicks from Living Truth. Nice to meet you, sir. And the guy turned on us. He went, I know where your church is. And if I want to go to your church, I'll come to you. You don't need to come to me. I'll come to you. (laughs) And sometimes you don't know how to quite respond to that. you know. Everybody tells you, don't worry. Most Americans are totally open if you invite them to church. Yeah, right. That's the first door. Guy was breathing fire. And Paul, only a response that could be Holy Spirit-led, said, well, well, God bless you, sir. And we'll hope to see you one day. He put his hand. That guy wouldn't even shake his hand. Poor brother Paul. And you know what we did? We did this. Hold on, sir. We're just going to do a biblical thing. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. <laughs> Although Jesus said we could. Shake the dust off your feet. I don't recommend that, especially for people who are real sensitive about their carpets and, you know, anyway. All right, you say, well, so what does the mission look like? Here's what he says. Ten, eight, heal the sick raise the dead. These are all things Jesus has done in the previous chapters. Cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Now, there's all kinds of debates about charismatic gifts, and are they for today? And to what extent can we apply scriptures like this to our lives? Let me just say this. Jesus knew that if the apostles could do these miracles, it would be confirmation that the kingdom of God had arrived, not everybody had a personal inner encounter with Jesus. He was localized in a human body, therefore, he's basically saying, "Look, I'm going to give you this authority and power so that you'll get people's attention." But it's more than that. I think it's it's compassion. I want to give you just an application. When when people meet citizens of the kingdom like us, wherever we may be, uh, at work, in our neighborhood, etc., the kingdom comes near to people. And we want to operate in compassion. And certainly we believe we could pray for people and the Lord might do a miracle. But in this particular context, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you this power and authority to essentially do what I've been doing so people will know you represent me as ambassadors. And you'll have their attention. And yes, it's driven by compassion. We we always want to have the Lord's heart. But it'll also be a sign to them that the kingdom is here. Freely you've received, look at the end of verse eight, freely give. Here's another sign of the kingdom. Don't you charge people. This is why I believe it is very wise for Christian churches to distance themselves as much as possible from the manipulation of the world or so-called professing Christian churches in terms of money. Now, when we get to passages about giving, we teach them. But there's too much emphasis and too much manipulation going on about money in the professing church. And we've, we've received freely and we give freely. Here's my point. The gospel is free. In the first century, philosophers went around, went around on itinerant ministries and they would charge people for their philosophies. You want me to teach you? Here's how much my course costs. Today we have pastors who often manipulate people and use scriptures, I would argue, out of context to put people under unnecessary burdens. But at the same time, I'll say that Jesus will say a workman's worthy of his wages and it's certainly right to give to the kingdom of God. I hope you're a kingdom builder and I hope you ke- build the kingdom with your finances. But ultimately, Jesus is saying, you receive this freely. I chose you, I saved you, I called you. We don't want anybody to be confused about the gospel. The gospel is free. We're saved by grace, through faith, as a gift of God. We grab the life preserver. Jesus throws it to us, you grab it by faith, and that's how you get saved. Mark six twelve thirteen 13 puts it this way. They went out and preached that men should repent, and they were casting out many demons and were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. So we can see that they were casting out demons. The demons were subject to them. They were healing. But we don't have a record, if you look back at verse eight just for a second, of the cleansing of a leper that I know of or the raising of the dead by the apostles. This is why if you read some study Bibles, they will say that either Matthew has combined a couple of discourses by Jesus in this section or that he's using a telescopic method. What does that mean? That simply means that in some uh, segments of the discourse, he's projecting to future events outside of this immediate preaching tour of the 12. For example... Peter prayed for someone and she was raised Dorcas is her name and then Paul prayed for Eutychus in the book of Acts and he was raised from the dead. This did happen by the hands of Peter and Paul later and this is why some people say Jesus may be forecasting this out to like events in the book of Acts which certainly we could make a case for. So those are some things that we don't see in the immediate setting but the apostles were able to do these signs they were able to touch people with the power of the kingdom. They were able to uh, do it freely. Jesus says, don't acquire gold, nine or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey. No extra suitcases, only check-in luggage. That's a loose translation. Or even two tunics. Don't take an extra jacket, if you will. Or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worthy of his support. Now you say, well, does that contradict what Jesus just said? No, because here's the thing. You're not to ask and you're not to charge, but people who belong to the Lord will recognize the need to support those who give their lives in gospel work. Here's how uh, Paul put it, if you're taking notes, 1 Timothy five seventeen and 18, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. I think most uh, scholars would say that's remuneration or pay or support, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, 1 Timothy five seventeen eighteen, 18, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, quote from the Old Testament, and the laborer is worthy of his wages, quote from Jesus in Luke 10, 7. So the point is this, and let me just, I'll just make a, a contemporary comment. You have, you have a person who, let's just say is a teacher. Let's say they're a gifted teacher. They've written a book or two or whatever, and they're in demand, and they go, they're asked to go preach somewhere. Well, today, you wouldn't believe what some people charge to show up at a church and teach. I mean, they have minimum amounts. Now, giving them the benefit of the doubt, I would say, well, if they're making their living by it, maybe that's what you got to do because you go to a place, you travel, you, would, you have some minimum expectations. But I also think that if someone asked me to speak at a place, I could just go and trust that the Lord would take care of me. In other words, I get a little concerned about sometimes these minimum amounts that are being charged by people who go on speaking tours. Yet at the same time, I want to be gracious and say, you know, perhaps they've been burned or whatever. He says, whatever city or village 11 you enter, inquire who is worthy in it. That would be someone who's of noble character, someone who fears the the Lord and is open to the kingdom, and abide there until you go away. So find a place you can stay. And as you enter that house, give it your greeting. You're gonna see, it's a greeting of shalom, the standard Jewish way of saying blessing. When you go into a household, greet it. New King James might be something like this: "We come on behalf of the King of Peace. We're preaching the Kingdom of God. If the house is worthy, thirteen, let your greeting of shalom, something like a blessing, which is was really strong in that culture. When you uh, wish someone shalom, it's much more than significant than just saying peace, bro, or something like that." It was, may you be blessed from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. May your household be blessed. May your family be blessed. It was, it was definitely like a blessing greeting. And he says, give that blessing. But if it's not worthy, end of 13, let your greeting of peace return to you. Okay, if they don't want it, don't cast your pearls before swine. I don't want the Lord's peace in here. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it back. No shalom for you. You don't want shalom? You don't get shalom. More for me. Amen? I think that's essentially what Jesus is saying. Let it return to you. Don't worry about it. And whoever does not receive you, nor heed your words, as you go out of that house, and I've already demonstrated what this looks like, or that city, shake off the dust of your feet. Now, shaking off the dust of your feet was kind of like a protest in the Jewish world, like not even your dirt is worthy to be on my sandals, kind of thing. And in the book of Acts, this is something to write down for your notes. Paul and Barnabas are preaching. And they go to the Jews first and they say these words, Acts 13, 46, and then I'm gonna read 51. Since you repudiate or push away the gospel of the kingdom and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we are turning to the Gentiles. Now this is Acts 13, 51. But they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. So basically Jesus says, look, look for those who are open. If they're not open, they don't wanna hear about the terms of peace with the king, we have peace with, our, uh, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear that. You have people in your life and they're completely closed. How hard do you push? What do you do? Well, you might say to someone, okay, if you don't want to understand terms of peace with God, then I'll pray for you. Or if you ever want to talk about it, I'm available to you. So you got to try to use discernment and God's wisdom. But look at what Jesus says. Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable For the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day, in the day of judgment, than for that city. Now, what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, it rained fire and brimstone. And those cities were burned to the ground. And Jesus says, they'll have less of a judgment than the city who rejects you. Why? Because the kingdom of God has come near. The king is here. What more do you need? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. You know, do the work. And if they reject it, why would they reject it? Why does anybody in the atmosphere of the power of the kingdom say no to the king? Yet they're everywhere. They're in Israel today. They're in other countries today. And they're in America. How blessed have we been?
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael invites you to watch our
1: recent A Step Closer series with guest speaker Red Pen Logic's Tim Barnett. Believe it or not, if you have doubts and questions about your Christian faith, you're not alone. The recent deconstruction movement phenomenon has a number of Christians rethinking what parts of the Bible they identify with. But is the movement simply about having doubts?
0: If deconstruction is just about asking questions, I'm just asking questions, I'm I'm going through some doubts, then declaring
1: war on it would be wrong. And actually unbiblical. But if deconstruction is about leading people away from historic Christianity, then declaring war on it is completely appropriate. And biblical. Pastor Michael invites you to watch our recent "A Step Closer" series with guest speaker Red Pen Logics, Tim Barnett. Download the free Walk In Truth app available in your app store today. You can also listen to the first part of this conversation when you listen to Walk In Truth on your favorite podcast app.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk In Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: In the atmosphere of the power of the kingdom, say no to the king. Yet, they're everywhere. They're in Israel today. They're in other countries today. And they're in America. How blessed have we been with radio ministries and Bibles and uh, churches on every corner. But, oh, America, where are we now? The kingdom of God is near. And Jesus says, look, judgment is coming. Now, he's, he gives them an insight. If you flip over to Matthew 23, Matthew 23, I don't know if this is what we should say. You go to someone, they say, no, thank you. I don't want to hear anything about that Jesus. And you say, well, are you familiar with Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> should you say that? Ooh, I don't know burn, baby. Get yourself one of those sandwich board things. (laughs) Look at Matthew 23, 37. This is Jesus right before he gives us the uh, Olivet Discourse. Jerusalem, Jerusalem 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you, were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you, from now on, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, turn to Luke 19. I wanna show you Luke recording the same uh, week. And this is a prophecy that Jesus gives beginning in Luke nineteen forty-one. He approaches Jerusalem, and he cries over the city. He saw the city, and he wept over it. Luke 19, 42, and he said, if you had known in this day even you, the things which make for peace, remember the greetings of peace, go to that house, offer them peace, if they reject it, etc. but now they have been hidden from your eyes. For the day shall come upon you when your enemies will throw up a bank before you, and surround you and hem you in on every side and will level you to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Hold your place in Luke just for a second. Jesus looks at the city. Everybody's celebrating the arrival of the king. But what did he see? A city that did not understand the mission, did not understand his his coming and what he had come to do. A a nation that was largely unrepentant. And Jesus made a prediction. Very important that you see this. He predicted the fall of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, which happened within a generation of Jesus' earthly ministry. Now, most scholars say Jesus ministered between 30 and 33 A.D., Jerusalem fell in 70 AD. And Josephus, the Jewish historian that somehow got connected to the Romans, said that not only was there not one stone left upon another of the temple complex, but people who walked through that area decades after said, the area looked as if there had never been a temple there in the first place. It was completely desolate. This is one reason you should know that Jesus is who he said he was and the Bible is divine. Jesus predicted the fall of Jerusalem in detail before 40 years or so before it happened. And he even predicted that not one stone of the temple would be left upon another that would not be thrown down. And literally the Romans in order to get the gold between the stones of the temple completely demolished it for the sake of grabbing the the lucrative value of the gold. Now, one other place in Luke, turn to Luke 10. Jesus has sent out the 70. This is a separate preaching mission. But he says, Luke 10, just for the sake of time, look at verse 11. Even the dust of your city, which clings to our feet. So let's say they don't receive it. We wipe off and protest against you, Luke 10, 11. Yet be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come near I say to you, it will be more tolerable in, the day of, uh, in that day for Sodom than for that city. And then Jesus begins to pronounce woes on certain cities where many of his miracles were done. Specifically, Capernaum is mentioned in verse 15, back to Matthew 10. So the disciples go out, and they're preaching, and Jesus says, look, you're representing me, the king. You're my ambassadors. I'm going to give you the power, the authority, and I'm going to send you out. And you're going to go out, Matthew 10, 16, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be shrewd. The word shrewd is probably best rendered cunning like a serpent. Serpent knows how to hide itself, how to be sleek, avoid danger, that kind of thing. Be shrewd as serpents, combination of wisdom and intelligence, and innocent or harmless or unmixed as doves. Be a combination. They said of uh, Abraham Lincoln, he was a combination of velvet and steel. Be wise don't put yourself in unnecessary danger, but also be soft and understand where you've come from. Have both discernment and compassion. Ray Comfort, uh, the great evangelist who's down in Huntington Beach evangelizing every weekend, says his favorite Bible verse is Matthew ten twenty three: When they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. <laughs> Amen. No, no need to take unnecessary abuse. Even Jesus told the twelve. Look, if they're not open, shake the dust off, shake it off. We might say, you know, to a little leaguer, you get hit by a pitch, shake it off. Your assistant coach says it won't hurt much. You tell the kid, oh, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah. You ever seen the little kids, you know, the pitches come in and are <laughs> Anyway, the idea is, look, this is about rejection of the king and the kingdom. So don't take it over personally, shake it off. Move on, be shrewd. Be even cunning, but be gentle.
0: You've been listening to The Kingdom of Heaven is at Hand, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 10, verses 7 through 23. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel, or perhaps you have questions about Jesus and the Christian faith. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: Now, as we continue to talk about different ways, maybe you could call them tactics, In speaking to a contemporary person in our, you know, supercharged age, how do you do it effectively? You know, it's going to be different for every person. And, you know, we talk about being shrewd, being gentle. How do I find that combination um, so that I can effectively and winsomely share and yet not cause someone to, you know, start screaming in my face? Well, there's no perfect way, perhaps. (laughs) At least I haven't found one to avoid all, you know, negative uh, responses, because when you reach out, you're probably going to get a few of those. But, you know, you might do something that I think once again, I'll, I'll lean on Ray Comfort. He's he's done a, a ton of effective evangelism and he he talks about how let's just say that you're on an airplane or that you're having a cup of coffee at a local you know, coffee place. Start in the natural and then swing to the uh, spiritual, and see how open someone is. What kinds of questions might you ask? You might talk about your favorite team or the playoffs or the weather. Maybe you talk about real estate or stocks, and then you might just say, "Hey, do you attend a local church?" Or, um, you know, what are your thoughts about this or that? You can you can sometimes use a a contemporary topic but asking the church question, hey, do you attend a local church just out of curiosity? Well, you know, I I went to Sunday school when I was little that dot, that. Dot, dot. You can kind of know where to go from there, and then you can start to ask some questions. Asking questions is a good way to avoid being yelled at. <laughs> Cuz when people being feel like they're being preached at, they sometimes want to respond, you know, with let me tell you something. But when you ask Questions, kind of the Columbo tactic, right? If you all remember Columbo. Gee golly, help me out. What made you come to that conclusion? Uh, well, out of curiosity, why haven't you been since you were a kid? You'll find out a lot about a person and then you can kind of, you know, uh, jump off those springboards, if you will, to be effective in evangelism, asking questions. A good way, you know, to find out the, the direction that a conversation should go. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. We are walking through the amazing Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of the Kingdom is the big theme. Hey, if you're new to us, we, we are new to San Diego. We were on a few years back, but we're now in a daily morning slot. Maybe you're a San Diego listener. Maybe you're listening in a state outside of California. Um, wherever you may be, maybe you're a podcast listener. Maybe you're listening in a different country. God bless you. It's wonderful that we have this opportunity to spend some time together in the Word of God. I pray that you're being blessed. I thank you if you've been praying for us, if you've been telling a friend, if you've been sharing these messages. It all makes a difference, and these can become effective tools even in your own local ministry. So I pray that uh, you're taking advantage of what's available to you on our website or through our app. You can download the Walk in Truth app today. And all the current sermons are there, past sermons. We've taught through a lot of the books of the Bible. There's a lot of content on our website and the app. Probably the, the hub of where you might want to go just to find out more and experience more of the teaching is walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Well, this is Pastor Michael, and I'm, I'm coming to you from Southern California, in a little studio Living Truth Christian Fellowship. And hey, it's a privilege to to have this platform. Thank you for your prayers and your support. And again, if you want to find out more about us, it's walkintruth.com. We're going to get into discipleship and some of those important topics as we move ahead in the Gospel of Matthew. Keep tuning in and tell a friend, and we'll see you right here, Lord willing, tomorrow.
0: We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 10, 7-23, called The Kingdom of Heaven is at Hand. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.